welcome to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabrina. And thank y'all so much for tuning in to another fun-filled episode. How are you today? I'm doing stellar. Psych. <laughs> yeah, I just psych. Wanna, <laughs> I just want to use that word, though. Yeah. Um, is, is everything dope? <laughs> everything is dope, but not too dope. Things are getting a little too dope on my end, and if they could just <laughs> relax, that'd be great. <laughs> but that's to be expected. That's what happens after a beautiful little vacation. I feel like every time you have too much fun on vacation, you always come back to a <laughs> bunch of bullshit. And it's like, come on, really? Yeah, I definitely agree. That's very true. <laughs> what did you do this weekend? So what's, what did I do this weekend? What the mm-hmm. hell did I do? Oh, I actually had a blast this weekend. And I was by myself. So on Saturday, um, also I made a TikTok. Um, nice, I didn't see Yeah, you. are you proud of me? I made a TikTok. And let me see where it's at. I was laughing because one of my coworkers was like, I was on my um For You page and your TikTok popped up. And I'm like, what the hell? That's so <laughs> crazy that my TikTok popped up. But yeah, my TikTok has got... 344 likes right now oh nice and over a thousand views which is crazy yeah um, i did I, not see it yeah i that's yeah that's crazy how you didn't see it and it has that like track also i didn't think it was gonna do well because i don't post on tiktok often mm-hmm. but yeah i went on saturday um i'm getting back into doll collecting so i went um doll hunting on saturday um and i walked a lot um which was cool um i went to walmart i went to target i went to marshall's tj maxx home goods ikea um he doesn't have dolls but i need a light bulb real adult shit but um (laughs) but yeah i had a blast um just like being out in the daytime and walking around like that was so fun, and I ended the night with going grocery shopping. Um, so I did a lot that day. <laughs> I did a lot. Um, and yeah, Sunday I don't, what the hell I did something Sunday that was productive, but um, yeah, I had a actually great weekend, especially like I really wanted to start getting back to having fun with myself, and I was like, I wasn't even trying to do like a spiritual awakening thing. It's just something that just happened, and I just was like, oh, like this is cool. Um, you know, out by myself, and um, also I got if y'all saw, I got the pink sauce. I like it. I got it from Walmart. I personally like it. Um, it's like a taste that I haven't tasted before. I want to um, try it. It's kind of like ranch-ish, but it's also sweet and spicy. But I like it. Yesterday, I used it as salad dressing. Um, I've just been, I've been really putting it to work, but I liked it. But yeah, I had a fun-filled weekend. I know you had fun this weekend, too. Yes. I loved Atlanta. <laughs> I really loved that place. I felt like the last time I've been somewhere and like I truly like was like, oh, this is this is a vibe was probably the first time I visited DC. Like obviously I like I like every place I visit. Like I like Phoenix. I like Miami. But with Atlanta, it just was like, wow, this actually Miami felt the same way. It gave me the social experience that I really wanted. Like I feel like Sabrina, you know how sometimes we be like, all right, let's go out, let's get cute. But we feel like we're characters in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah. The Atlanta, I felt like every, it, it's the city where if we both went out like that, we would feel like 
finally, this is what we were expecting the whole time. Like the whole vibe is like matched up. Like it's an expectation that you go out, you get cute, you get fine, you sit in a beautiful restaurant, you sip drinks and everybody around you is doing the same thing and minding their business and being happy and being social. So, you know, obviously I was only there for 20, 48 hours. So I couldn't see like the full thing, but like, wow, really, really great. Also, they didn't play about the drinks in Atlanta. Like the South is just like something else when it comes to drink. Like remember in college when you had your first drink and you'd be like, why do my ribs hurt? That's how it felt. I'm like, why am I back hurting? Like, <laughs> That's why people be twerking at brunch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I also knew, like, I had um, a co-worker telling me, she's like, Atlanta gets very ratchety, man. Like, understand it. Uh, and, like, yeah. although I'm from Philly, and I'm like, we get ratchet, too. I just kind of knew it was different. Like, I just automatically <laughs> knew it was different. So I was wondering if I would come in contact with that. Really wasn't into that vibe, so I was hoping I didn't, but I was able to, like, you know just skate past that the entire time um and i did see but i did see some really cool people some really great restaurants um and i did mention the drinks were strong in the south but i should also mention that finding vegan options was a lot more difficult for me and i felt like it was because it was the south and um i was able to like check out bar vegan and slutty vegan so obviously fully vegan rest restaurants um and it's so funny i didn't want to go to fully vegan restaurants because sometimes my mom and my aunt are like we want seafood and i just didn't want to hear their mouths but <laughs> they were like bar vegan was their favorite of all the restaurants we've been to they looked that was the favorite that was like the best vibe the best food the best drinks so um we'll be sure to go back um, if we go, when we go back, we'll be sure to go back there. But when I went to like regular restaurant, I was lucky because each time there was one, um, it was one vegan option on the menu and it just so happened to be good. Like it was like avocado toast. And then it was like this cauliflower dish. It was a big roasted cauliflower and I ate the whole thing. It was just like... <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally a head of cauliflower and I just got my fork and knife and went to work and ate the whole thing. It was so good. Um, and I went to Lenox Mall. That was nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is the iconic mall. It's nice, but to be honest, Sabria, it's owned by the same folks who own King of Prussia. So we oh, kind of have a Lenox. <laughs> it's a Simon Mall. So we have a very similar experience. I will say it was a little bit like more dressed up. It was bigger. Um, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was, a. I think it was bigger and child, when I pulled up and I saw the, <laughs> I saw the, the car, what's it called? Lamborghinis. I said, oh, they got money. Yeah. <laughs> like, they they got money out here. They, they got money. Play, okay. They Girl. got that. I was so impressed. And then I was so mad because, like, one time we ordered a, a Lyft XL, and it was a Cadillac. I'm like, oh, period. <laughs> so we got dropped off at Lenox Mall in the Cadillac, and I felt fancy. I had sunglasses on. <laughs> no shade. The time when we get picked up, we got picked up in the, the Kia Sorento. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I love it. It was a very cute car. But I was like, damn, next to the Lamborghini, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, we about to, we gonna order, order Uber Blacks the next time we come here. Not the Lamborghini. That might like, come on, and then mm. there's exotic dogs sticking their heads out the window. I'm like, where am I? 
Like, this is crazy. It was really fun, though. I love looking around. So, like, I feel like in Atlanta, it was a lot to look around and see. Um, big buildings. I feel like I was on the set of a movie the whole time I was there. Speaking of, <laughs> next time I go, I really want to see Tyler Perry Studios. I don't know if they offer tours, but I'm going to see if I can get one. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I just picture myself riding on the back of a cart with binoculars on. <laughs> yeah, because you got it so big that he was riding on a, go, a golf cart um, around here. I thought he would give us a... I feel like Tyler Perry would let us see, Sabrina. You and I? Yeah. I've said so much about that, man. Well, that's why you got to be quiet and not say nothing. <laughs> that's my full plan. Like, certain people, I'm not going to say anything. No, I've said so. It's 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 like... Noted, like I've said things about him on the but show, he, tweets. but just we won't have to tell him that we part of a podcast. Mm, I feel like he, I feel like his nose will sniff it out. <laughs> That's my plan. I really feel like he's like, so I'm like, ah! <laughs> my plan is to pretend exactly like I'm just a regular person and just be like, can I get a tour? But anyway, that was Atlanta, y'all. It was really fun. I'm excited to hit my next destination. Um, I don't know where that will be or when um, because I'm taking a small vacation in like the city in February, but maybe March. We'll see. I really like, I'm, when I say I'm itching and yearning to get to um, the West Coast, that's, it was supposed to be February, but it's just becoming too difficult. So we'll see. We shall see what's next there. West Coast, my favorite. <sighs> but um, let's get into the fade four, shall we? Yeah. Sorry. It's Sorry, okay. Yeah. Our girl is tired, y'all. This she is... had a she had a very rough day. So our fade four for this week are four favorite black artists. These could be musicians, directors, visual artists, or anything. You want to give us the why behind this fade for Saria? Because when this episode is posted, it will be the first day of Black History Month. Yes! Wakanda forever, guys. <laughs> and it's a short month, so we gotta get the fade for rolling, like, pronto. <laughs> so, yes, that. <laughs> yes. So, um, so, some of my favorite Black artists, um, and I'm so mad because there's one, but I don't remember her Instagram. She's a painter. I have to do some research. But anyway, the first one um, I'm going to say is Kara Walker. Um, Kara Walker is on this list because she was the first um, Black artist that I saw that did work that I felt like I had wanted to do. Like, having gone to visual art school. So, Kara Walker does, um, like, installation art pieces. Um, I had the privilege of seeing one of her most um, iconic um, installations, which was um, at the Domingo Sugar Factory in New York, where she had made a huge sphinx um, out of sugar. Um, And the sphinx had Harriet Tubman's, like, face. Wow. It was a Sphinx body. And if anybody knows me knows that I am petrified of like huge, sta- even like talk about it like I was like, God's care, like huge statues. But I was like, I have to see this. Like, this is a black woman. This is like something that is like legendary that I get to see. Um, And so I went, I went back to New York for the summer to go see it and it was amazing because the statues were made out of sugar um and she had like it was like little statues that like were like like look look like little black boys and 
since it was made out of sugar and it was in the summertime, the statues were like melting. Mm. So that was like a part of the thing. Like, sorry, I'm not to be dramatic, but like I'm getting chills to think about it. Cause I'm like, this is literally something like iconic, like something that would be like in history books. And I got to see it. And the line was so long. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I was so excited to like just be there. And like I said, she was one of the first, um, one of the first black artists that I saw that did stuff that was like very like just I would say like strange and like maybe um like very uh eccentric for a black artist um and her work was like I am black like I am undeniably a black woman mm. um so uh, some of her work like whenever I do things uh, like I have I haven't made much but I I've posted like some of the things whenever I do stuff it's definitely her um her being present and her being an artist was inspired by I was inspired by that and be like oh I don't have to do this certain type of style just because I'm black um and I remember seeing her work when I actually I first first saw her work when I at the um art museum and I realized that she I looked her up and I saw that she was black um well also the the context of it I'm like yeah you better be black um the context of it um and I'm just like wow and also shout out to um I was just talking to my friend about this my gay teachers who were my mothers in high school um one of the teachers um one of my art teachers introduced me to Kara Walker as well um from I saw um her work on some it was I think it was like a PBS special type thing so ever since I saw that I just always wanted to like see her stuff I saw that and then I saw her stuff in the art museum and then I got to see her like big 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 piece so that was amazing so yeah Kara Walker um and next next person who another person who inspired uh, my art Barry Jenkins who um did Moonlight so Moonlight was like it's a shame because it came out like so recent but it was like one of the first black films that I saw that I was like this is the type of work that I want to do Mm. Like from the way it looks, from the way it sounds, from the colors, the cast, the color, everything just was like, this is a, this is something that I wanted as a child, like a coming of age black movie that looked like this, that sound like this, that had these colors, like that just had like, you know, um, just, I don't know that it's just the feeling of like is it I felt like I was watching like a moving like painting Mm. um and so when I first saw that I just was like this is amazing like the fact that like because I would just always think like oh I gotta do it myself um and when I just saw that I just was like blown away um the next it was so original it was yeah exactly and also the book that that movie is based on I'm reading it this year I forgot what month is for but I'm reading it it's called um I think it's called all boys aren't blue or something like that but that's what moonlight is based off of it's based off of a book okay yeah I was actually um reading that book with my students beautiful I can't I love the cover of that book too um the next artist is um his name is Wes Holland he's a tattoo artist um and he's based in Atlanta I think yeah I think he's a, he's based in Atlanta um I also have 
um a piece he has a flash um that he made where if you get a chance look him up on instagram he has a flash and if you know anything about tattoos flash tattoos are like the tattoos that's up and a tattoo flash is like the tattoos that's up in the shop where you just walk in and you're like, oh, I want this lady head. And like, that's that's a flash. Mm. So everybody, and I love traditional tattoos. Everybody knows that like traditional Sailor Jerry tattoos and things like that are traditionally like white women. Um, And this artist, he made a, tr- a traditional flash and it's all black women. And sorry, I'm looking back because it's literally on my wall. And the women have like natural hairstyles like mm. they have like their natural hair they have um like their hair straightened in like a way where you could tell it's a black woman they have twists they have locks and they have um bamboo earrings on which is a big thing for me because i have tattoos with with bamboo earrings but yeah when I saw this, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this artist is literally everything that I envisioned in my mind that I want. And that's one of the reasons why I want to go to Atlanta to get tattooed by him. He literally is a black tattoo artist who does traditional tattoos. That is, that so, is so cool. hard to find. And traditional yeah. style tattoos is one of my favorite styles. So I was so, so excited to find him. And the fact that he had, like, he has a lot of flashes where it's black women, where he has one where all the black women have um haircuts. Um, but whenever he posts something, I'm like, I want to, like, I, without a, I forgot how much I paid for it, but without a question, I bought that shit so fast. I'm like, I need this on my wall. And when I move, it's going with me and it's going to get, be an even, in an even better frame. Mm. Um, but yes, Wes um, Holland is his name. Wes is spelled W-E-S. The last one is another tattoo artist, Omari. Um, he is based in Delaware and I am literally this year, I'm like, I have to make sure I got to figure out how I'm going to get out to Delaware to get tattooed by this man. His work is insane. He also tattoos colors, tattoos. Obviously he can tattoo on black skin. Also, I love the fact that he is so outspoken about um like racism in the tattoo community um he's not afraid to call people out mm-hmm. um and his work is so beautiful he does beautiful beautiful portraits that's another um style that is my favorite is portrait tattoos and he and again it's sometimes it's so hard to find black artists who do tattoo uh portrait tattoos in the style that uh, that fits me and on and, darker skin and on darker skin and he is a dark skin man and he does the tattoos like exactly how I feel. like he makes um he has he does a lot of lady heads as well which is popular in tattooing but he doesn't wear i would say it reminds you of like grace jones mm. so it's like women with like very strong features and big lips and like just like very like um inspired by like african art it's just his stuff is so beautiful and he used vibrant colors and he is very consistent and i'm just like so blown away from his work that's another thing where i'm like you know social media has this whatever but i have found so many amazing black artists through social media especially like i'm very into tattoos um and the tattoo community and finding black artists who like have a style that that it like fits me 
and a style that I can relate to and I just love it's just so exciting because they're not even the the only two um tattoo artists black tattoo artists that I had wanted to put on this list um so it's just amazing but also if anybody wants a list of black tattoo artists I can actually make that um from I can compile a list of like all the people um that I follow oh that would be nice I'm sure people would love that yeah and also, so I'm a, I travel for tattoos, so I'm sorry if they're not in your city, like, because I still haven't found somebody in Philly that, like, has my style, because, like, Philly has, like, a very distinct tattoo style, and it was yeah. just not my style, personally. Yeah. Um, Not my style, personally. But I travel for tattoos, and I'm definitely going to travel for a black tattoo artist, so... If you want to get some flames on your forearm, like Philly is the place for you. If you want to yeah. get like bricks across your chest, your chest with M O B money, money over bitches, or loyalty, or F O B, or F O E family over everything, <laughs> I might get a F O E tattoo just for like just to show some Philly love. Um, but yeah, no, fen- phenomenal list. I feel like I learned so much just listening. Um, so <laughs> first on my list. <laughs> It's going to be Nina Simone. I feel yeah. like if you want to talk about somebody, like, I feel like, not to be deep, like, sometimes you just be like, all right, but what is art and why does it mean so much to us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? And it's people, like, trying to, A, like, make sense of their experience, like, in the world, and B, people using their voices to, like, speak up for everyone else and, like Nina Simone had the nerve to speak up and to try to make sense of her experience during the time where she just it it nearly drove her crazy. Like it nearly drove her crazy, but like I feel like there was just something inside of her that just kept guiding her to speak, to to talk, to take up space, to be audacious. And I know she just has so many like she was so complicated. She was like a very complicated woman, but she could have easily been like Gladys Knight. She could have easily been like <laughs> Diana Ross and like just saying, right? But she chose to do something a little different. And I will always have respect for the artist that chooses to like, um, yeah, of course I love Diana Ross or Gladys Knight. Like, let's m- make that very clear. But it, it says something when people decide to put themselves on the chop- chopping block for their people, you know, for like what they're going through when they just can't turn their back. I feel like I'm one of those people that like you could offer me a million dollars to turn my back and I wouldn't do it because mm-hmm. I can't. Like, I just can't. So people like Nina Simone, like she just made her, she made music political. Like she made it this really, really... um political thing during the time where it's just like how dare she and then she also made young gifted and black like and i'll never forget the time where like my mom just cut the tv off and made me listen to that and i just didn't understand like why my mom wanted me to listen to that so bad but she's like it is so important for you to know like you are young gifted and black Mm -hmm. and you going to tell anybody that and i'm just like what was my mom thinking where she cut the TV off and was like, it's important for you to know this. It's important for you to like get this implanted in your mind. So like, since I was a kid, I always knew like the song young gifted and black was a song like for me, you know, it was for us. And to this day, that brings like a lot of like emotions when I listen to that song, like to be young, gifted and black. It really is a dream. Like it's beautiful. I love it here. Um, And I just, I'm so thankful for Nina Simone for just like, 
breathing that like pride into all of us for like j- like she's gone and that song still remains like a staple for like black people um next is lisa cross smith so lisa is um a, a author and she wrote this book that just like drew me in so it was during the time where i was having like really really bad anxiety and i just needed to kind of take my mind off of something so i was like you know what? i'm gonna get into fiction i want to start listening to like um black fiction uh books like I did when I was a kid like I just kind of want to like go back into my my childhood self and I was having a very hard time finding books that weren't related to trauma like there weren't any books related to like 17 year old so-and-so was having a good time until her brother got like taken down by bleep and it's just like, come on. I don't want to hear about somebody going back to the fu- from the future to the past to be a slave. I don't want to hear about like, you know, somebody escaping like a plantation master. And like after Sift, it was really difficult to just find a book. And also a book that didn't feel like Stella got her groove back reloaded, <laughs> you know? It, I just wasn't in a mood for that. I just wanted like a really good story. And Lisa Cross-Smith gave me a really good story. Like from the first few like words, I was just like in, I was locked in. Like I can remember like I had an event to go to and I'm like, I would prefer to stay in and listen to this audiobook. Like I would prefer to stay in. And it was just so good. It like tapped on so many things um it was down it was southern and i read the lisa she's from kentucky so she makes all of her um stories like based in the south and i love that it's just like this eerie super like romantic like vibe to everything and i just love a good cozy story and i felt like she did such a great job with uh this close to okay it was just like a very touching very original um, movie. And I really want, I mean, book, I really want it to become a movie. That's why I said that. Like (laughs) I have in my mind, everybody I think should play the roles. So I'm just like praying that one day that book becomes a movie. Um, Next is Extra Jumbo, our friend Ayana. (laughs) Yes, this is one of my favorite artists. Uh, It's really rare that you know somebody who's one of your favorite artists, but like I'm literally obsessed with everything that she puts out. I think she's a genius. I think she's original. I think she's cool and authentic. I I love that so much of her art is like connected to like beauty supplies and black culture, like barrettes and beads and bamboo earrings and long nails and eyelashes it's just like so i just feel like the girls who get it really get it like the girls who were raised in the beauty supply store and went through packs of beads and barrettes and ballies like you really feel the sense of nostalgia when you see certain things and i feel like it's just such a beautiful way to capture like black beauty um and what i really appreciate is that Yana drops this uh, for lovers collection every um, every Valentine's Day or for every February um, in recognition of Valentine's Day and like the totes the bags like they're literally my favorite like me and Sabria we support every year so I believe this is the third year in a row that the for lovers collection has dropped and I'm excited I just placed my order in I got a hoodie and a tote and when I say that oh, tote I didn't is even my- I was up yet. Yes. Yep. It dropped and like 
the tote is my favorite. Like, it's always some super, like, last year the theme was, like, roses. The year before it was, like, a pair, pair of bamboo earrings that said for lovers, like, on the mug. And then this year it's, like, for lovers with, like, this really cool, like, sketched hand in hand. And what I really like it about it is that there are two very feminine hands reaching out to each other. Like, one with very long nails and one with the square, you know, short nails. And I just thought, like, that's so beautiful, like, that there's... The these two beautiful hands like reaching out to each other. So um, definitely check out Extra Jumbo and it's spelled X-T-R-A-J-U-M-B-O on the gram. Yep, like I the braiding hair. What'd you say? Like the braiding hair. Yeah, like Extra Jumbo braiding hair. Um, and then finally, um, Prince. I feel like what I really, ever since I was a kid, I've always been interested in Prince and like, I always knew, felt like I would get in trouble for listening to Prince when I was a kid because I'm like, I always felt like he was talking about something really freaky. Like he was just like talking about something really inappropriate. But as I got older, I'm like, he really not all the time. He actually wasn't. He was just really going there and like freaking out on the track and being like very sensual and like being very experimental and being very ambiguous. And I feel like there has never been anybody who like stood in who they was like not an artist who stood and who they were so authentically. My favorite thing about Prince is that I found out is that he loved women. Like he <laughs> loved women. Like apparently the the purple, the the unk that he wore, it was all like a homage to just like women. And like that's something I really love is that I love men who love women. I love people who love women. And I loved how he was able to play with, like, gender and, like, his image with, like, eyeliner and blush. And, like, nobody cause nobody says shit about it. And it's just so funny because, like, as homophobic as, like, the black community can be, everybody just loved Prince. And I just always wonder, like, what is that? Like, what is the Prince effect? That you can yeah. be, like, sure. It's just that it's something that about somebody who stands in who they are so unpo- unapologetically. Like, yes, my hair is bumped. Yes, I'm going to take your woman. And, yes, I'm wearing heels. Yes, I'm <laughs> that nigga. And, like, it's just, like, you have to admire it. And although people may not see that when they look at me, that's how I try to, like, approach, like, gender like I don't feel like I have to be one way or the other or some days I feel like I want to be like on this end of the spectrum other days I want to be on that end of the spectrum like it's just like meant to be that like a spectrum and it's okay to be androgynous sometimes you know period so yeah I really really love all the people I mentioned um so yeah that's it for Faith for guys let us know who your favorite black artists are and like just you could say anything poets writers singers dancers creative directors anybody just let us know what you think on the socials all right so let's get into the fade four shall we you mean uh what's it toast called? for assist yes, yes <laughs> we're gonna toast to the birds <laughs> That means the Eagles. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> um, shout out to the Eagles for making it to Rihanna's Super Bowl. Period. period. Um, I'm really happy that like I don't know anything about sports, but I get very happy when anything <laughs> Philly goes to the championship. 
I'm laughing because you really don't know anything about sports. I didn't. Um, it's funny because I didn't watch the game because I'm superstitious. So if you don't start the season, you can't end the season. So that means I will just watch Rihanna's performance and that's it. Um, but anyway, I'm happy. Um, even though I have stopped being an Eagles fan only because um my feelings was hurt. But um, I'm happy that this is a different team. And I'm happy for them. Yeah, they really are a different team. Like, when I looked at everybody, I'm like, we're Donovan McNabb. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> now, I'm like, where's T.O.? <laughs> Iman. Where's Andy Reid? I'm confused. <laughs> Come on now. I now. didn't know nobody. I was like, oh, wow. I need some oh. new young folks on the team. You tripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You tripping. I was saying new team in the way they played, but you really meant... <laughs> no, it's new players. It's nobody that we know. Yeah, baby. It's been new players for a while. It ain't been this new. Like, I used to know, what's his name? Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, that was, um, that was 2018. Exactly. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I knew, like, Wentz and... Honestly, <laughs> that's it. Um, go birds. Uh, I can't, I'm getting my outfit planned <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Let's see the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl um, foods. That's what I have most hype about. So moving into tea time. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yes. Yeah, so now when we do this, it's going to be called concession stands. Get it? Stands because we're like standing for movies. Yes, don't y'all love it? Okay, yes. so and we're actually, let us know if you do love it. Like, let us know how you like us talking about movies, and we won't talk about movies every week. But that's just been our vibe recently. Like, we really like to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe later we can talk about like we could do some black tea times. You know, like some yes. black topics and like ooh, okay. Oh shit! I was supposed to do my damn it. My movie. You can do it thing. this week. I can't. Well, I'm supposed to do it. It's supposed to be a movie every day, but oh, damn, damn, damn. Okay, you can figure it out. You can you can play on the numbers. I can figure. You, I can figure it out. I can figure it. Out. I, I can figure. I can figure. I can do something. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? We can talk about like, like black artists, like iconic hairstyles. Oh yeah, I love that. I love like, that one. Actresses, red carpet <laughs> styles. Like we could talk about their iconic hairstyles and like. Who who did that? All right, so that's next week or maybe a week after. Let us know some other topics. Yes. Like we can make them black um, history focused now that we're talking about pop culture, but not like, you know, celebrity news. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to be busting my ass tomorrow on my break to huh? make a list. To make oh. a list for I was movies. like, wait a minute. Where are we going? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm for, I will be busting my ass in general, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, so anywho. Concession stands, people. Here we yes. are. So, you know, it's the movie that, yeah, again, like Iman said, spoilers ahead. But it's the movie that everybody's talking about, you know. It's making all the noise. It's taking all the awards. We were finally talking about it everywhere. Everything, everywhere, all at once. What a movie. What a movie. What a film. What <laughs> What a you know, I love it. I love it when you sit down and go, "Where the hell is this now? Where are we going?" Exactly. This a this a this a wonky ride. I a love a wonky ride in a movie. Same. So I knew that it was a multiverse type of movie. 
Um, I watched the trailer multiple times um, because I was trying to force my parents to watch it with me. I showed them the trailer. They were like, it's too much. I said, you know what? F it. I'm going to watch it on my own. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I knew it was a multiverse movie, but I'm just like, how? Like, what is this, you know, how is this all going to be tied together? So, in short... It is a movie about a woman who is in over her head. <laughs> she's in over her head. Um, and she's because she's in over her head, she is not being the kindest, the most gentlest to her family, to the people who love her the most. Her husband, her daughter. Um, and she is trying to um impress or she's she's catering to her father because she wants to impress him because he um is not that impressed by her in general. <laughs> um but yeah, so it's basically in short it's a movie it's about a um yeah, a, a Chinese woman who was in over her head. Um but I love the movie a lot because it was a lot going on, but it's still, you still can understand the story. Like, I don't like when it's a movie where everything is just so obscure or so, or so niche, where I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, y'all just trying to be so deep that it's like, but you understood. It was like, it was like a um a classic story of, you know, mother and daughter rivaling because, you know, the mother is, like I said, in over her head. But it was with all this chaos, like, but it all made sense. It all made sense. Yeah. Um, and it was also a classic story about how, like, about, like, love. Like, it was very complicated. Exactly. It was about understanding. Exactly. The movie was about understanding of, understand. uh, understanding of, like, your own greatness. Yeah. I feel like that was reflected in, like, how she saw herself and as the best of everything she did in every universe, it was an understanding of her partner and how she at first thought like, he's just such a wimp. He slows me down. And she <laughs> realizes that like, Oh, like he's, he's the water to my fire, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you need a little bit of water to put your fire out in life or otherwise you'll burn yourself and everything down. Understanding for her father and like his, I actually forgot about him. He was just mean, but it was some understanding so towards him. Understanding for the Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis, um, because she was going through very similar things, but at first she felt like the enemy, you know? Yeah. And then most importantly, the biggest thing in the world is understanding for her daughter who just wasn't, wasn't who she wanted her to be, but who she was. And just like another lesson on not having expectations for your children. Like a lot of people have these like expectations that like, oh, my child needs to be this and my child needs to be that. And like sometimes your child is just going to be who they are. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like her child was a lesbian. She was trying to keep it a secret. She would say little mean things about her daughter's weight because that's how she was taught to be. And she like, you know how us little millennial slash Gen Zers are. If you push us too far, we will leave. And I think that, so the movie got to the part point where she literally almost did that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and with all, I just felt like it was just like a new, like I've never seen anything like it before. Um, I love how it was like very, it was a very serious subject, but it was like so many things going on. Um, 
And I really love the fact that it was um about a Chinese family. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like we don't really get to see people of color who um in such a fun, chaotic, um, quirky, eccentric like light. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, and if it is, it's like we're the joke. Um, sometimes, and they weren't the joke in the movie, which I really liked. Um, and I loved how I feel like if I was, um, like a teenager or like if I, or my age and I was Asian American, it would be something where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so like, I love this because if I was like, like with my, with my personality, but just like a different race like i would be like whoa this is me because i would love to see something like this like you know with black people like not uh, obviously like the same storyline but like something where it's like more authentic yeah exactly like i just loved it so much um especially because it was like like i said not an all-white cast and it just like it made you understand more um like and also it was a different style of an asian family because sometimes it's like Oh, like they're rich, um, and everybody's smart, and the daughter is successful, or the child is successful, and stuff like that. But it's like you don't think, like you don't really get to see the stories of the ones who just are surviving over here. Like it's no big house, you're not a millionaire. You just like just getting by, struggling a, with exactly, taxes, exactly. <laughs> and as somebody who grew up like in the quote unquote, I come in contact with families like that. Like I never even thought to think about like the families who own laundromats. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, like, you know, why they decided to open the laundromat and you know, why they act this way. So like, so it just opened my eyes to like a whole new set of like person that like I come in contact with that. Like, I mean, I don't, First of all, I'm a liar because I've only been to the laundromat like twice in my life. But it's um, <laughs> to think about a new set of people, like in how like certain things might affect them or how they feel and why they look the way they. Because like she was somebody that like in the beginning of the movie she didn't look that you know happy about something, but it's like as a customer, some people might think, oh, like that's about me. But she was like frustrated with her husband because he was fucking putting googly eyes on everything. Yeah, um. and she just was like, this is not the life I imagined when I exactly. came to America. When I went against my father's word and I married this man, I expected a life that's a lot more glamorous. But now, you know, I'm middle-aged and the idea of this life being glamorous is going further, further away. But, oh yeah, I've also found divorce papers as if I'm the one making him unhappy. Yeah. And it was just like, again, it was a big misunderstanding and like... I think my favorite part of the entire movie was um, like just seeing how like this is something you mentioned too, Sabrina. I think we like this took me out when her when her husband may have seemed passive, you know, when her husband might have seemed weak for 
not being as aggressive or not for having any outburst or for not having an attitude with her, but he was fighting the best way he knew how, which was by pushing through. And I think people often underestimate like how much strength that takes to just like push through sometimes. Like when life is really, really hard, really sucky, like sometimes the attention goes to the person who's like yelling the loudest, screaming the loudest, making the most noise. But what about that person who is feeling everything, but then goes, Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep going forward. Let's keep moving forward. Like that person is really strong. Yeah. Like that person is, you know, I think our I think about our parents sometimes when I think about that. Like growing up, I'm like, damn, I used to complain about all this stuff. Meanwhile, my mom was probably like, Okay, it's a two thousand eight recession. Like, you know, how we gonna yeah. how we gonna bust a move here? I, I can't and imagine it's just, going through that with kids. It's just a big lesson on like understanding why people are being positive then maybe they're not a big goofball or dope like maybe they're just fighting the best way they know how yeah and the, he said um i pulled i pulled up the quotes um he said when i choose to see the good side of things i'm not being naive it is a, it is strategic and necessary it's how i learned to survive through everything and i just was like when i heard that i was like oh oh <laughs> yeah, I was bawling. Um, because that is just so like, I feel like that's just so beautiful, and I feel like people like that don't often speak out mm-hmm. and explain why, um, why they are the way they are. Also, another like, I was just like, ooh, I need to get, I need to save this script because I'm like, oh my god, it's so like, I'm like, ooh, it's so good. Like, I mean, the screenplay was good, so like, I can't. I would love to read like the script. Um, it's this um, quote, every rejection, every disappointment has led you to this moment. I literally burst into tears when I heard it. <laughs> literally burst into tears. Yeah. I, I think that so everybody said they cried. And I'll be honest, when I first was watching her like beating the shit out of people and using her pinky strength, I'm like, why was y'all crying? But you get it eventually. You get it eventually. And for me, it was when her daughter was like fighting with all her might to just reject her mother's love. But a mother's love is just like unconditional. Like it's truly unconditional. And it could show you that like through all that like misunderstanding, if you go jump off the like when they were rocks, you go roll off the deep end, I'm I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. Like you go, you you go for I'm coming after you. And I was just like, wow, like that gave me goosebumps, like a mother's love, like that unconditional love and protection that that child really, really needed. And like when I think of my mom, I think of that love too. Like I think of like if I roll off, she rolling with me, you know. And like I don't think her. The difference is I don't think her daughter knew that that was what her mom was like made out of. But she broke through, and yeah. it's just like something to make something so like every family goes through that, right? Like to some degree or an or another. Like they have a misunderstanding with their parent or their child, but to like. I guess make metaphors in the way that they did. It just was so well done. Like it was it just was. deserves I, every bit of recognition. It does. And I love that people are making noise for it. Another quote that I was just like, at the end of the movie, by the time the end of the movie, I was just a mess. Um, <laughs> so she asked, she, um, it was in a part of the um, universe where her and her husband were 
Um, they were rich. Well, she was rich. She was a famous movie star. He was, I guess he was well off too, but they didn't have their daughter and she was looking for the daughter and she was telling him that like, you know, in another universe, we are, we on a laundry mat and we are like, we, uh, we fighting over taxes, something like that. Because that was another part of the movie, like them filing these damn taxes. So he said to her, so even though you have broken my heart yet again, I wanted to say in another life, I would have really liked to just do laundry and taxes with you. Mm. If my soul could have left my body, it would have. That was so fucking beautiful. That was so beautiful. <sighs> to somebody to be like, I, I love you that much that I would just do some boring shit with you, like laundry in Texas. That is that is amazing. And I love that in every lifetime they found each other. Every yes. single lifetime. She thought he wasn't there at first in that yep. in in that um universe. She didn't think he was there and then he showed up. At every universe. So yep. shout yo, shout out to Michelle, yo, Ki Hu, Ki Hu Kwan and Stephanie Sue. Like they just like they ate. They ate, and I, I really just felt, felt like they was a family. They really was a family, <laughs> like, and I love the husband. I really love, and it's just like, why is that such a strong combo? Like, serious, mean woman, goofy, positive, patient man. Why? <laughs> I'm really the goofy, positive, patient man. I'm really <laughs> the serious, mean, impatient woman. <laughs> I really felt him. I think that's why he pulled on my heartstrings the most. Yeah, I felt I felt that like that's a piece of understanding that I needed to understand. I needed to learn that everyone who's quiet isn't like a dummy. Sometimes they're just thinking something that you aren't thinking, and it doesn't have to be communicated with you in order for you to respect them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we love a lesson. We love a lesson that comes from a movie. And I'm like, this movie taught me so much. <laughs> I loved it so much. I'm like, you. Yeah, I was me. And my mom my mom was like are you crying yes yes i am yes i am crying <sighs> amazing movie y'all please yeah. check it out it was so good all right let's get into the sunken place huh yes so the sunken place we have people that refuse to read the room so this is something that I guess with, um, what's it called? Social distancing, like with us having to quarantine and stuff, it has gotten increasingly worse. Or it could be that I am just noticing it more. That there's some people who, for instance, just can't. And this is like a personal pet peeve of mine. Um, I don't want to speak for Iman, but I feel like she probably feel the same way too. But when people can't, like, hold something in, they just have to say it and, like, make everything else weird. Like, for instance, something small. So, say something happened um, and everybody's... Something just was announced and everybody's in the room crying. Somebody comes in the room and they don't know what happened. They're like, why are everybody crying? Uh, shut up. <laughs> 
sorry. I just said shut up because I really hate exactly. that person. Instead of being like, go to one person and be like, hey, like, what's going on? Or well, more you, likely, is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? <laughs> oh my God, y'all. Not, is everybody what? okay? Don't lead with a question like that. Like, it's just making it so. And also, um, sorry, like PTSD from Tumblr, people tricking me. This does not include people who um are on the spectrum who Please. have a hard time um like deciphering. Thank you for clarifying anyone. that. Yeah, just to clarify that has nothing to do with because also it's a difference. Like it's it's definitely a it's a difference. And for the most part, some people that are on the spectrum don't even do that for real. Yeah, um. we being quite if we being quite frank. It's just and it's like it I do have a hard time like knowing like if there are people in our lives walking around like, all right, you may like I don't want to claim that every time somebody does something stupid that they're like autistic because that's not fair. That's not right. But I'm like, I do think something's wrong with you because why, what could convince you to like do that and not be uncomfortable? But some people also thrive. I've realized as I got older, some people thrive in environments that are uncomfortable. And I know it sounds weird that I feel like some people do thrive. Like, you ever notice, like, somebody make a comment like that and then they'll just walk away and be like, like, whatever. Like, I feel like some people thrive in making people uncomfortable because they like, some people are like, oh, like, I said it. Nobody else is going to say it. Like, um... I have recently, um, unfortunately got back into dating and I've noticed on like some, this is why I'm like, you know what? I need a damn matchmaker. I can't be on her with these people. Um, some people on their dating um, profile will say stuff like, I'm so blunt. Like I'm willing to say what nobody, this and a third, blah, blah, blah. And those are those type of people who like can't read the room. Like they think they're so like, oh, honesty, this and a third, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, you end up looking like a fool. Because you and everybody on one accord and you come out the blue on some weird shit. And all in the sake of being like, I keep it real. Yeah. Nobody asks. And, and you you know what I really don't like? So it's like so many different ways where like, I really don't like people who don't read the room because they usually make things like very, very, very uncomfortable. But I hate it like at restaurants. Like say if you go out to eat with somebody and they don't know how to act, like that really bothers me because it's just like, look at the environment and act accordingly. It's not even about like respectability as much as it's about manners. Like have manners. Like if somebody is like being very demanding of the waiter, or, like the server, stop. Read the room. Yes. Like, don't be like that. Stop. You are not fucking Daddy Warbucks. You're not going to have the whole restaurant. This person has 18 other people, and all you need is your iced tea. Why do you <laughs> want all their attention? Why do you need all that? Like, let this, you, this is a working person. Allow them to take the order and then go. Like, all the questions, holding them up. It's, they got a packed house, and you sitting up here, like, asking. That to me is just like, read the room. They're not going to, they're going to always have a sense of urgency to wrap this conversation up. So why are you holding on to them? Exactly. You know, like, I just feel like re- have some sort of like emotional intelligence there yes. or like volume in certain spaces. Like, so yes. I'm like a person where if I get on like the elevator and I'm on the phone or I'm having a conversation, 
I kind of pause my conversation because I don't think that the person on the elevator should be bought into it with me, especially if it's like a child on the elevator, especially if it's an elderly person on the elevator. And I'm talking about like an argument I've had with somebody, or I'm talking about a spicy detail of like my life. Like I don't like pause it. I hate when I pause and somebody be like, what was you saying? Shut up. Like I'm pausing for this <laughs> somebody there. Like I feel like if me and you on the elevator and I just like stop talking, you wait till the elevator opens up and be like, wait, what was you saying? You know, like don't be like continue. Like no, I'm not gonna talk. And I would, and I really hate it when it's the other way around. Like we in the elevator, somebody like yeah, and then that's when I sit on his face. I'm like stop talking about it right now. Wait until we get into the car. Yeah, because I don't like knowing like certain things about people and I don't like (laughs) I just don't be wanting to know people's business sometimes. Like and yeah, things like that. Like yeah, when people be talking loud on the phone or like when um like people will be on FaceTime in public, like in a area where it's just not like could like all right if you in a public like if you in a park or something you off to yourself i can understand doing that but like if you like in the office or like i'm like whoa 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 or when people be dancing in certain spaces on tiktok i'm like one thing you need to do is get your ass <laughs> off the, the bread out okay because i don't want the bagels and i don't want to have to get punched <laughs> in the face because you're doing a gritty to go get it like that's like how do you not feel awkward or like people be in target like I saw this one guy, and I'm not going to lie, he ate this up. It was like this challenge where he was like flipping down the aisles in Target. And it was like, you nailed it, Gabby Douglas who? Like, he definitely ter- like was so talented. But I'm like, imagine like going shopping to get a new fitted sheet, and you see somebody like doing a triple flip down the aisle. I would be pissed, because I'm thinking about me going to Target last weekend. I was so exhausted, and I literally was buying a fitted sheet. And it was quiet in there, and I was so happy. And I can't, if I saw somebody flipping them, I probably would have started beating their ass with that box of sheets. I probably really would have. Like, now I feel like I can't just turn the corner Because I the had store. a headache. I was carrying bags. I had, didn't eat yet. Like, I was so, if I saw that, I would have been like, are you joking me? And I create content, but when I say don't nobody know I be doing it, I'll be having my phone recording like another angle and be like, hi, yes, I'll have like a green tea. Like I don't hold nothing <laughs> up for my content. Um if the content, if the video is shaky because I was running up the steps, oh well, I'm not going to inconvenience anybody in this public space for a shot. Like it's not that deep. You can just take know what you're gonna do, take the shot real quick, put the phone away, make sure you don't got nobody face, make sure you don't got nobody eating in a compromised position. I try to get the back of people's heads, and if I have to get their face, don't let it be on for no, no more than one, two seconds, you know? But yeah. it's just like so many ways to safeguard to make sure that you're not like taking up space like that. But I like to, to your point, I think some people really get off on like the like, everyone's going to be looking at me. Yeah, Like that's y'all what it, love they attention, like, attention they like, addicts. What, they be like, that's what I said. It's like, nobody gets to Oh, another <laughs> thing I just thought of. So this, so, okay. So I was shopping. I was at Sprouts um, on Saturday grown grocery shopping and I had went to get bread and um I'll say of course I'll say I'm millennial so I have to get special bread but anyway I get my bread I get Ezekiel bread which is in a frozen bread section so I'm looking in the frozen bread section it's none but y'all know when um people are stocking and it's like those crates stocked up 
And it was, I saw the bread that I needed in the crate stocked up. So I'm like, hmm. I was like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to like, um, lift up the crates and like get the bread myself. So I just was like continuing my shopping. I'm like, eventually somebody will come over here. And I saw the person who was stocking and I was like, Hey, like, can I get, I was like, Hey, can I get the, and they were like, sure, sure, sure. So that made me think of when people ask people like, um, like, um, I haven't worked in retail for a while. I'm like, what are they called again? But when people ask employees of like retail employees or like working a grocery store questions when they're clearly like doing something. Yes. That is so like, cause I feel like, I don't know if I'm super conscious of this because I worked in retail and I was a salesperson. That's what, oh my God, why did I forget the word? I was a salesperson. I understand, like for instance, in Walmart, what I the pink sauce was all the way, all the way on the top shelf, and I needed help. And on the thing, first of all, I follow the rules. It says ask for assistance, <laughs> so I did. And I was looking around for somebody who wasn't busy, and I saw this guy who was like he was putting me away, but he wasn't like he was answering somebody else's question, and he didn't look as busy. So I tapped him, and I'm I mean, not tapped him. I was just like, hey, excuse me, can you help? he was like, sure, like I follow you. So I feel like when some people don't, I feel like some people are like, I want what I want. So I'm just going to look at anybody and be like, like nothing is embarrassing than like you asking somebody in electronics, like, oh, um, do y'all have any more ramen milk? Yeah, yeah or, or almond milk. They it's like, like, I'm in electronics. Like, what? Please let me know if you want a MacBook. Other than that, go exactly, to hell. Exactly, because it, stuff like that irritate me because when I used to work at Macy's, people used to ask me about different departments. And I'm like, I literally am in women's. Why would I know about home? Like, and some people like that think that like, oh, since you work, you know, the whole, you know, everything, you know, you're everywhere. They don't understand that there's a system in place. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like a lot of people that do that have never either worked in like retail one or just don't give a fuck. They just like, I <laughs> that know. That part right there. It's mainly, I really don't give a fuck. They're like, you here, I'm going to ask you a question. It's like, okay, good luck with me telling you the price of a pillow when I'm working in um, jewelry. And they'll be mad. They'll be mad when you don't know. They will be mad. So yeah, that's I'll look, And Mike, big... okay, if you got to ask a question and you really don't know, like for example, when I was in Atlanta, I did not know where this where bar vegan was i went to this place and i had no clue this shit was this big inside i don't know what's going on so then i walked into um uh i think it was like crater and barrel or something and i was like i'm sorry because the guy was just staring at me struggle i was like, i hate to do this but would you happen to know where bar vegan is he was like yep um second floor go to your right and i was like i appreciate it thank you and like i would do that for people like when i worked at the mall like if they went Same. in they was like i'm sorry i, I know you know this isn't your job, but do you happen to know this? They didn't make me know. Like, if I did know it, i help. And if I didn't know, I didn't know. And they would be fine with that, too. So it's just, like, all about having emotional intelligence and just being like, hmm, well, how would I like to be approached if I were in this situation? Hmm. When people be like, if, you really don't know. You work at the mall and you don't know. No. no, I don't know. I don't know the fucking landscape of the mall. Like my, and I'm not paid to know that either. That's exactly. The funny part. And I'm like, you're so silly that you don't understand that all of this you think is just oh whatever, blah blah blah. But everything has like a structure to it. <laughs> so. <laughs>
The fact that people just don't get it, it's just it's just a one track mind. That's mind. crazy to me that people just don't like like even when I call my doctor's office, I will be like I ask them I'm like, "Well, you I don't I don't think you would know that." Like literally the uh I forgot, the LPN called me and was telling me something about my medication and I was like, "Ask her a question." I was like, "I'm not sure if you would know this, but she didn't know." And I just was like, "Okay." I wasn't like, "You don't know this?" Like, "No." I'm not a damn doctor. Doctor. She's Follow not you, my doc. She literally was just repeating what my doctor said to me. She didn't know. People just I hate to say it. They suck. They really they do suck. Really to deal with. suck. They really suck. Oh Lord. Um. But yeah, that's it. Please be emotionally intelligent. Just try your best to like. Just try your best. Okay. And stop overwhelming people because that is overwhelming too. And people got enough when they play. Like life is hard these days. Make life easier for people. Yes. Take up less space. I'm gonna say that because people been telling y'all to take up a lot of space, and people been <laughs> it been going to your heads. Take up less space. Be easier to deal with. How about that? <laughs> no real shit. Be easier to deal with. Oh my god. Um. Finally. Let's get into common senses, shall we? Yeah. So, you know, TikTok is always, like, making something new, right? <laughs> it's the clean girl aesthetic, and it's the rock chick aesthetic, and it's the... That's just so many different aesthetics. That's just so many different aesthetics. It's really hard to, like, keep up with, and sometimes it's silly, right? But nowadays, people are talking about this phenomenon called lucky girl syndrome and it's so funny because like I shared with my friend and Sabria something really cool that happened to me when I was in Atlanta and like I always feel like oh my god the craziest things always happen to us like the time me and Sabria went to like first of all when we were exclusively invited to Poppy Juice because Telfar was going to be like Telfar themselves was going to be guest DJing and then we met Telfar or like times <laughs> where we've just like randomly like met people like backstage or we just get like sometimes things can happen and I'm always just like wow like this thing always happens so sometimes I'm reluctant to share because I'm like people are not even gonna believe this but there's this thing that's been talked about on TikTok called lucky girl syndrome and what it is is that you increase your chances of good things happening um, it says, simply put, you can increase you can increase your chances of good things happening to you by believing you are lucky and telling yourself how lucky you are. The lucky girl syndrome uses the law of assumption, which is a theory that maintains that what we assume to be true is what we eventually manifest. To become a lucky girl, you need to believe that good things are inevitable, abundant, and are already happening for you, just like magic. If you tell if you keep telling yourself that you are lucky, you will invest your time and energy into confirming this. So apparently there's a science behind it. So just 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 rock with me for a second, okay? So to understand how lucky syndrome works, we need to talk about reticular activating system or RAS. This place in your brain is responsible for filtering information that comes into your brain. Simply put, if you want to focus on the fact that you are lucky, RAS will filter all the information and events in your brain to promote this fact and bring you a proof. 
So it's essentially like if you make your brain like filter to like, yeah, I'm lucky. Good things happen to me. Like it's like everything else will start to align. And I really believe this to be the truth, just like not in myself, but in others. I know a lot of folks find things like this to be like bullshit because of like <laughs> their circumstances. And there are a lot of things to consider when it comes to like lucky girl syndrome. Like some people have like are in such rough positions right now. And it's like, yeah, if you want me to consider myself lucky, you are kidding yourself. But ultimately, even to get out of the situations that you're in and to create better outcomes, like fully understanding like that, I think lucky girl syndrome is a great way to get out of things. Like it may not look like, like for some girls, lucky girl syndrome is like having a man to pay for everything while they get to sit home and make TikToks, right? That's not what lucky syndrome looks like. Lucky girl syndrome is going to look like for all of us. It's okay if it do look like that for you, but it's not going to look like that for all of us. So just understand that like if lucky girl syndrome helps you to get out of your situation, unfortunately, that still makes you lucky. But Mm -hmm. acknowledging that there are levels to this, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, sometimes it is hard for me to um, see that, that like some things in some situations that I am a lucky girl but I have recent with the um suggestion of Iman, I started journaling. And in my journal, I write that like what I deserve and like I write or I write what like is happening. Mm. So like if like for instance, um, like I said, I got back into dating and for if somebody if I'm I'm like trying to open myself up and I talk to somebody and I feel like their energy is like, I'm like, okay, this is, I don't like this. So I am going to one, remove myself from this person. And two, I'm going to write in my journal things that I deserve. Like I, um, I mean, I guess I can share it. Um, so last night I was up and I was writing and I said, for me, cause I'm making a playlist, like a manifest playlist and it's called what love feels like. Mm. So I wrote in my journal that what love feels like, I feel like time should stop. Like that's what I feel like I deserve. Wow. I want time to stop. I want to be looked at like I am the only person in the world. I want to feel like warm and I want to feel like everything is moving in slow motion that's how I will know. When everything moves in slow motion, when time stops, that's when I know. That's when the love that I deserve, the love that I feel, the love that I want is present. I love so, that so much. Um, I'm like trying to, like, I'm trying to write that stuff down and think about that to combat like negative feelings. Cause I'm like, oh, like this is annoying. Like this stuff isn't working out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, it's okay if it doesn't work out here because the world is so much bigger. And, um, my, my dad will always say this to me. Um, and I know it sounds crazy, but like my dad would say, you don't belong here. And he means that. And like, I need to be somewhere like making my like movie somewhere, like doing something in film and like, it's not a negative thing. It's like a positive thing. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. So I'm thinking about like everything far. I'm like, everything is so much bigger than this moment. So I'm trying to like think about and manifest for that moment and 
not get so caught up in like the present and how things aren't going my way like right now because I'm like there's going to be a moment where things go your way and you're going to be where you're supposed to be and everything is going to feel how it's supposed to feel so instead of being like oh I wish I, I want this and I'm saying this is how it's supposed to be like I'm being like trying to be aggressive about it yeah so I really um because I see people who get exactly what they want and saying and stuff and not trying not to talk myself out of it I'm like being aggressive about it yeah so I, I understand the the lucky girl syndrome and what like you know they're trying to do with that but I never heard of it until Email brought it up today. I never heard of it until my girlfriend brought it up to me yesterday. But I do agree with you about like being relentless with what you want and deserve at this point in your life. And that's the only way to get it. Like being aggressive. Like I think you need to be aggressive. Like I think people like can kind of make it as if wanting to have what you want in life is like something to take lightly. No, I feel like every like every day you should focus on it every day because I think the world wants you to believe that every day you should be focusing on like your job or other people or other things. But in reality, every day you should be focusing and you should be aggressive on like the things you want the most. And I definitely understand you when you say like, this is how things are supposed to be. Because like when I think about like my life right now, I'm I'm very present. I don't like to look at my life right now and it's just a placeholder because I know I need to be where my feet are um and like focus on where I am right now to get me to the next thing. Like and I'm really like finding a lot of joy in my life right now even though like I'm not all the places I want to be because I don't want to live life like that. I don't you know you're going to always want something else. There's no end game. Right. This one older woman was on TikTok sharing that. She was like, it's no end game. You get the you get the guy. You want the ring. You get the ring. You want the kid. You get the kid. You want the the house. You get the house. You want the divorce. Like it's going to always be something that you want. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she said. It's going to always be something that you want. So you want to be present because you don't want to look back on your life. Like I kind of look back on my 20s and think about constant chasing and wanting. And granted, like it's got me like a pretty solid foundation. I do wish I've enjoyed my 20s more. I don't think I truly understood that like this, that shit going to be over and you're going to just keep getting older and older and people like you're going to keep changing and things are becoming more difficult and less carefree so I try to be like really really present but even with the presence I'm just like always manifesting like who I am and like having a bunch of audacity like I'm always walking through life like how dare I believe I'm that bitch like how dare I believe I'm her like how dare I believe that like how how dare I romanticize every day like and make myself this this person and it's just like it's it really do work for me like I'm exactly who I say I am and that's like so important to me to control my life control my narrative never feel ashamed of playing big because it's not me to play small if it were me to play small, I, would, I wouldn't feel so uncomfortable when I tried to do it. There have been many times where I've tried to play small simply for ease, right? Because like we're from a place where if you do too much, it's like people don't really like it, especially if it comes natural to you. So for a long time, I tried to be like, oh, let me just blend in. And I, now I was uncomfortable and everybody around me was uncomfortable. So what did that mean? It's really not meant for me to to be there. And like, also, I feel like this is my way of rebelling against like expectations when I don't like 
fall in line. So I 100% believe in lucky girl syndrome. I always, ever since I was a kid, I've always believed that whatever I wanted, no matter how delusional it is, no matter how crazy it is, like if I wanted a ranch house in the middle of like Northern Italy, or maybe they don't have ranch houses. If I wanted a cottage in the middle of like this beautiful place, I always believed that I can get it. Like I've always been like somewhat delusional in those ways in I think the challenge for me comes with life being so hard not to start getting realistic, not to start saying, oh, wow, that's too hard. Mm-hmm. Because then guess what? You'll get exactly what you think you can get at that point. Like, that's just how it is. Like, it's no cheat code to life. It's really no cheat code. Like, you have to persevere and and detach from other people's expectations and society's expectations in order to be that, like, lucky girl and get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know any lucky girls? Cause I feel like sometimes people can have a lot of resentment towards the like girl who gets what she wants all the time. Like I always look at her and go goals, but, um, that's not always the case. Um, I also try to look at that girl and goes, I know things are imperfect for her too. We only get to see like the, the beautiful parts, but I would love to know if you have any people in your life where you look at her and it's like, Oh, you lucky, you lucky bitch. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I'm like, what people do I know? Um, I'm trying to think, um, oh my God, it's some, it's something like on the tip of my tongue, but it's like they're, um, a famous person. I'm trying to think, um, oh, um. Well, see, I know we talk about her a lot, but I really feel like, even though I don't personally know her, I feel like Ice Spice. Because um, I'm just thinking about <laughs> how people were saying, like, how, first of all, she said, how can I um lose when I'm already chose? And she's born on the first day of the first month of 2000. So she's born, like, the, like, the, like, she broke in the 2000s, like, Boom. And now look at her. I'm like, I, I think that's know so that. cool. Yeah, she's born in January 1st, 2000. That's... <laughs> Just when I thought she wasn't... I didn't know she could be more magical to me. Like, Ain't what? that crazy? I keep on thinking about that. I'm like, that is so freaking decent. That's so decent. I love that. That's... <laughs> that's such a good... <laughs> a really great example. Yeah, I come on. I'm like, see, the thing, I can never, I'm really not no hater. Like, I, I'm always, like, team, you know, the young hoes doing it. Um, But <laughs> I, like, keep on thinking about that, how, like, she literally just, like, she's the one. So, I'm like, I love that. That's definitely, I feel like, um, a lucky girl. Maybe you go first, say something, somebody, and then I can think of I feel like when I was a kid, I thought Beyonce was the luckiest girl. How? And I was a kid, I'm like, how can you sing, dance, be classy, know all the right ways to answer? She knows all, she knows the right way to carry herself, like as far as not saying too much. Like I've seen her in interviews where somebody have said something like crazy to her. Like I remember one time, like for Dream Girls, she was on a press tour and somebody said something like, how'd you manage to fit in that dress? And she just like skipped over it and just like did this answer about dream girls. Like how in the moment <laughs> you have to truly be a class act. Cause I would have been like, 
I would have said something really nasty. And it's just like the fact that like she was able to just gloss over that. And I remember like the fact that she was like producing crazy in love and like all these things. And then she was like married to Jay. I just was like, she's a lucky girl. Like she gets everything she wants. She sep- she was a leader leader of Destiny's Child. Then she broke out, had this solo career. And like, here we are. I used to kind of think of think that about Rihanna too. Cause I'm like, she can't do no wrong. You know, there have been some influencers. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like influencers never feel like, oh man, that's a lucky girl. I want her life. As much as I value influencers and they can serve as expanders for me, especially because they teach me so much, like style wise, like fashion, like um, beauty wise, health wise, like I learned a lot from influencers, but like they're not the people I look at and be like, oh, lucky girls. It's always like Beyonce and like Rihanna back in um, like the 2012 to 2014 time frame, she just kept dropping hit after hit. She was cool. Everybody liked her. She was edgy. She had the perfect body and also seemed like she ate whatever she wanted. I just was like, what a lucky girl. Like what a lucky girl. Um, yeah, like it was like people like see it was when I was younger. I yeah. always looked at them like they had it all. Obviously you get a little bit older and you understand like, okay, they were under their own little stresses, but when I was a kid, that's that's who I thought. Like, wow. Yeah, I feel like more when I was, cause I I don't do it that often now. Like, even though, even if I see somebody, and I'm like, oh, that's a lucky girl. Like, I don't be like, wow. That's more when <laughs> I was younger, like he said. Um, but yeah, I don't really look at it like that. Um, anymore. But yeah. yeah, it's more it's people like that who just like you feel like like, oh, a triple threat, or people who just always seem content. That's another thing. Um. That's a what good one. What inspired me um, was to write the stuff down. I mean, besides you telling me, um, you know, that's a good thing to do. Um, like, just thinking about girls who are just, like, they are very quiet and they, like, seem like they're just, like, always in love. Even after a heartbreak, they bounce back and they're in love. And then they finally get exactly what they want. And I'm like, how do they do that? Um, and I used to think like, oh, they have a girlfriend personality. I don't have a girlfriend personality and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. Cause like, for me, that's like the hardest thing. Cause like, I can get a damn job. I feel like maybe selling the script would probably easier, but that like romance stuff, that's like hard. But, um, I always was like, well, they've always like, but I'm like, it's because they really believe like they might not they might not be people that like manifest, write down stuff, but in their mind they really believe it. Yeah, it's just like a natural belief. Yeah. And though and it's like, but one thing I've always like understood is that not everybody can do everything. And it's like you kinda have to like accept like where like God the universe, whatever you believe in has like landed you and understand you're just going to have to work at those other things a little bit more. Like I'm more like you, like I'm not, romance don't come easy for me at all. Like working and like entertaining and connecting with people on a friendship level, like that's all natural to me. But like being the girlfriend, like, cause I'm never really content and it's really, it's like all really logical. It's very hard to like move with somebody and grow with somebody when you're so volatile in how you'll chase your goals, you know, like it's hard to do that with another person latching on. It would require a very unique, very like 
agile person who will literally do anything for you. And it's not many people like that in the world. Um, or sometimes it takes you a long time to meet them. But like for me, it's like because I am so like goal oriented, like it, it can become difficult. But then I look at my friends who are just like where that like they're a little bit more laid back. They love the girlfriend life. They're they're great partners, great mothers. They do tend to have more challenges with like, oh my God, I need to speak up or I don't know how to, like, what should I do in this resume? And we come to each other for different things. But I love that we can all work on it. Like, even if like the career thing is not something that comes natural to you, you can still work on it. And even if the relationship is something, thing isn't something that comes natural to you, like you can figure it out and like work on it. So that's my mm-hmm. favorite thing about being like, you know, open, an open girl. Mhm. Yeah, that's it, y'all. So we're in. In conclusion, we have lucky girl <laughs> syndrome. Y'all have lucky girl syndrome, and we're gonna get what we want out here. So that's it, y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. Um, make sure y'all uh tap uh check in on the socials. You can find us on Instagram at Black Girl Brunch. You can find us on Twitter at BLK Girl Brunch. You can email us at blackgirlbrunch at gmail.com. You can also sign up to our Patreon. Um, we've just shared uh some of um we we've been sharing weekly updates like the get in our business. We've been sharing little personal tidbits from our life. So you can um, do a pay as you wish uh, for any tier. Everybody gets the same thing. We're also going to drop a Black History Month social. So the brunchers, us, we're going to get together and we're just going to be bla- we're gonna be excellent together, right? So that's coming um, down the pike. Um, also, you can follow me on Instagram at imamatay, especially if you want to see my ATL adventures. You can follow me on Twitter at it's Matei, and you can also follow me on TikTok at Imam Matei. And you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at It's Frank and Femme and Frank and Femme underscore on Twitter. All right, y'all. That's the show. Bye. Peace.